0: On today's show, a game report on 2023 NHL draft eligible prospect Ethan Gauthier's latest game for the Sherbrooke Phoenix, and I answered some questions off Twitter, one of which was so interesting it deserved its own segment, all coming up on Locked On NHL Prospects. You are Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome back to Locked on NHL Prospects. I'm Hattie Kalakesh, a scout and analyst on multiple platforms, including this one. Uh, Before we continue, just make sure to drop a like and subscribe if you like the content. Uh, And make sure to follow us on all social media platforms to keep up with the podcast as they come out. Uh, Make sure to make us your first listen of the day. It's much appreciated. So first, uh, I'm going to present to you my my system when I'm scouting games. So I've scouted a game. Yesterday, that was between the Sherbrooke Phoenix and the Val d'Or Um That's a game that uh, 2023 NHL draft prospect Ethan Gauthier played in. Um, I'm going to be breaking down some of his play and how he's looked in that game. Uh, it's a game that the Phoenix won 6-0. And I'm going to be breaking down some of their their particularities as a team and how that affects Ethan Gauthier's game. And I'm going to look at a couple other players from their uh, from their roster that, was, that were also interesting that I felt uh, I needed to note. So that's segment one. Then we're gonna answer some questions from our listeners that have been submitted on Twitter. Um, if you aren't if you aren't following me on Twitter, my handle is right under my face right there. If you're watching on YouTube, um, if you're listening to it on uh, on an audio platform, it's Hattie K underscore Scouting. You'll also find it in the description of the podcast. Uh, so make sure to follow me there. Sometimes I post some uh, some some question tweets in order for you to submit your questions and have them answered on the show. So um, it's always much appreciated to have your follows. You can also follow Locked On NHL Prospects at l o underscore NHL Prospects um, on Twitter. And again, you can subscribe to this channel and and get content that way. Let's get right into the game report. Um, so in, for my notes regarding Nathan Gauthier, first I was really really impressed by his off puck routes in this game. Now he didn't contribute to the score sheet a lot he only earned one secondary assist on the final goal of the game but he was involved a lot off the puck he created a lot of space for his teammates to exploit by his off puck movement especially on the power play now he plays the bumper on the power play if you don't know what the bumper is that is the middle position uh, that is in the high slot so not the player care- covering the, the net front not the player that's shielding the goaltender's view of the puck it's the player right above him in the high slot who's there to connect plays to occasionally get a shot off. Uh, but the way that the Phoenix's um, the way that the Phoenix's power play works, he doesn't necessarily get a lot a lot of puck touches on it. So he didn't really earn any points on the power play here. Uh, the way he earned his secondary assist is he was battling along the boards in the neutral zone and managed to managed to win his puck battle and shove the puck into the offensive zone. His teammate Justin Gill picked it up uh skated it into the offensive zone and then made a cross ice pass to Joshua Roy for a, a one-timer goal in the top of the net. Um, so this was a goal that Ethan Gauthier sort of started off. He had a, he had a contributing effect on it, but he wasn't the deciding passer. He, he really sort of did what he's good at, which is applying pressure on defenders, forcing them along the boards, creating puck battles where there shouldn't be one, um, and then making the right play in order for his teammates to, to, to benefit from it. He's a very good complementary player. He has a high-energy game that really shone in this matchup. Um, he pressured the defenseman below the goal line a lot uh, and, and created a lot of turnovers that way. And he played on that top line with Justin Gill and Joshua for for the whole game. And he really compliments them very well because these are players that excel with space, and he has a knack for creating space for his teammates. Um, they're, those two are also really good off turnovers. They have quick reactions, and um, they're able to get into position in order to uh, benefit from those turnovers really well. So... Gochi really benefits them a lot in that sense. He's also really not shy to drop the shoulder and go to the net. Um, so he has a bit of that power forward straight to him. Uh, he does play like a power forward sometimes, but with some finesse elements to his off-put game, um, he uses sneaky routes to sneak around defenders' backs and find space off of them, rather than just bulldozing his way everywhere, like you'll see from a Colby Barlow, for example. Um Last thing I want to mention about Gautier is he can do really a bit of everything, but he does still need to improve his puck skills. Um, I feel like he sticks to his guns a lot, and that that prevents him from um, exploiting his creativity to find secondary or, or third routes, uh, third options. Um, you know, instead of making a pass on the forehand, you could try it on the backhand, might get a better uh, opportunity of, of a higher percentage of, of success on his pass. Um, but he really kind of sticks to his guns and that kind of limits him, by the way, just quit side note has nothing to do with hockey at all. But if you, if you, if you're hearing me and you feel like I'm, I'm speaking a bit weird is because I, uh, bit a chunk off of my tongue this morning, trying to eat a bagel. So, uh, that might be what's going on. If if you feel like I'm not articulating enough, apologies for that. Um, you can laugh about it, though. It's it's funny now uh, in hindsight, but in the moment, I was I was suffering. Uh, back to the Sherbrooke Phoenix. Um, I'm going to move on from Gauthier and talk about Joshua Roy, who was a pretty prominent prospect. He was a fifth-round pick of the Habs um, in, in 2021, and no one really saw a lot from him. That's why he slipped as much. He he was a skilled player, but he was pretty limited in terms of, of stamina, in terms of strength, in terms of um there was a lot of attitude issues as well was reported but so far i mean just all involved he wants the puck constantly and commands it by his off-puck avail- availability so the way that he moves off the puck and presents a stick it it sort of commands the puck so the puck really gravitates around him a lot he's also he's also got this uncanny knack for always finding finding space in the offensive zone away from the puck so He'll funnel up towards his defenders and then sneak down the ice behind uh, opponents' backs in order to sort of find that open space off the puck on the cross ice pass. Um, He does benefit from a lot of cross ice passes and it's not because his teammates are exceptionally good at playmaking. It's really because he's exceptionally good at finding space. Um, So that's something I really, really like about him, but something that I really think he needs to work on is he doesn't really make the best decisions on the puck. So, off the puck to find space and then exploit that space, he's good. But as soon as he's got the puck and starts from a position where he can't shoot and score, um, that's when it gets sort of muddy for him. I've often seen him try Hail Mary passes through multiple feet uh that don't that don't connect. I've seen him take a lot of low percentage shots, especially on the power play. And I think just um, you know, taking one step backwards to take two step forwards offensively would, would sort of be a very important teaching for him. Because he tends to accelerate a lot of those passes through lanes that aren't open, um, and tends to shoot on on opponents a lot. So he'll get a lot of block shots against. Um so that kind of is part of the issue with Hua is that I, I don't see him necessarily being the most um aware player of his surroundings. I don't necessarily see him as a player who is going to take pucks from bad areas to good areas who so needs to be paired to the player who will do that because he benefits from good areas extremely well but when it comes to creating something out of nothing you don't really get that from a uh so this is pretty much what sums up the the strengths and weaknesses of was game it was especially evident uh at the world juniors when he he played with Connor bedard um Bedard is really good at taking bad situations and turning them into good ones and he was a good pair for Hua but Hua wasn't keeping up offensively and seemed kind of out of his depth playing with a player that good so there's limits to Hua's game I still think he's got the 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 talent the skill and the off puck movement to be a, a a very good third line center or a a decent second line winner winger somewhere like a middle six, I don't think he's gonna play center in a top six, but as a winger, he could have a decent effect on uh in a middle six uh role playing against weaker competition if you've got a really really strong first line and it's taking a lot of minutes um I would see roi sort of slot in there now uh we're going to move on to the questions from our followers in the next segment after these messages. Do you like betting? BetOnline.net is your number one source for any wager that interests you. From the NFL to the NBA to the MLB and even NCAA football, UFC, golf, anything you like, they have you covered. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game on their website or app. They're, of course, a great source. For all of your sports ragering information with live betting, so you can keep up with bets as they unfold. Uh, they've got up to the minute scores for every sport out there. They're the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, so let's get right into the questions that were submitted by the listeners of this podcast. Thank you very much for submitting your questions. Um, and again, if you haven't so far, make sure to like and subscribe uh, and uh, reach us on any other platforms. If you have more questions you want to submit and ask for next episode. So for the first questions that, I, the first question that I've highlighted so far came from Frank B uh, on Twitter. He asked me how many of the 2023 draftees go straight to the NHL last two years. Haven't been or years for that. Thanks. Well, first, thank you, Frank, uh, for submitting your question. I think it's a really interesting one and I wanted to highlight it and give a bit more detail on why I think there are three um, players in the 2023 NHL draft that'll be um, guaranteed NHLers from the get-go. So first obviously naturally is Connor Bedard to me. Bedard's pace of play, his vision, his skill set is going to allow him to have an immediate impact from the get-go and I think he's even very likely to win the Calder Trophy. I think that he might be able to put up an exceptional rookie season and carry that into the rest of his career. I think he's that good. So don't be surprised at all to see Connor Bedard be in the NHL this time next year. So as for Bedard, I think it's pretty obvious at that point um, what I think of Bedard, but the next player, Adam Fantilli, to me, is also very much likely to be playing in the NHL in this first year. I've said it before, but Adam Fantilli, to me, in any other draft year would be a first overall pick. Even dating back to 2018, I'm pretty sure I would put him first overall. It's the debate between him and Jack Hughes. Um, I'm, I'm that high on Fantilli, and I think he's that good. But I think Jack Hughes just slightly outpaces him in, ter- in terms of talent, so... I still think Fantilli's a fantastic prospect but honestly if you go back you know 2 3 years he would be the first overall pick in all of those drafts combined if Connor Bernard and Matthew Michkov don't exist. Um size, speed, skill, all that's already at an HL level. He's going to be a force on the power play as well. I would not be surprised at all to see him in a top 6 from the get go. Um, he's probably going to impress a lot of people, especially given the fact that he's doing what he's doing right now as a 17-year-old against the against NCAA competition, which ranges anywhere from 18 to 24 uh, years old. Um, it's, it's extremely impressive. So I, I really like what I'm seeing from Fantilly, and I see a, an NHL-ready prospect in him. And moving on, the last player that I think is a, a lock to be an NHL forward from day one is Leo Carlson. So he should start in the bottom six. But he does have all the attributes, puck protection, forechecking, smarts, uh, confidence on the puck, to do well in that position and then work his way up uh, gradually. So that's for Frank's question. Again, thank you for submitting that. Now, for the next question, it comes from Y2Jace. Y2Jace asks, what do you think of Sean Farrell's potential and what are the chances that he reaches that potential? So Sean Farrell is one of my favorite prospects in the entire league. He's a prospect of the Montreal Canadiens. They drafted him pretty late, I think in the 124th overall position in 2020. Um, Farrell is outstandingly smart. I think he's one of the smartest players outside of the NHL right now. Um, understands the game at a really high level. You, you talk about a player who has a gravitational pull, who pulls players towards him to open up space behind him. Um He's a player who he can pass through sticks like they don't exist. To me, I see a top six forward um, in Sean Farrell's future. Uh, He does have, I think, the potential to to be a a secondary player on a top line, but not on a good team. For me, this is a a player who's probably going to be playing in the top six eventually someday. Just the amount of strength, uh, the amount of intelligence, the amount of um, advanced understanding, anticipation, uh, prediction of teammates and opponents' routes, um, the way that he's able to just thread passes like almost nobody else I've seen. There's a lot of talent and skill here, and I think that Farrell has has the package to put it together. And Adam Nicholas, um, Habs' development coach, uh the, the director of player development and, and in Montreal system, he is of the opinion that John Farrell is a special prospect and has been working a lot with him on improving some of the elements of his game that will need improving his ability to play um within contact, his ability to initiate contact uh in puck battles, stuff like that. So um, I see a bright future for Farrell, but I think he will he, he won't be a sort of an elite player. I think he'll be a decent top six player. Moving on from Y2J's question, again, thank you for submitting that. Um, Horace Rondak asks, not sure if they're still considered prospects, but what do you see as updated ceilings for Alexi Lafreniere and Quinton Byfield? Tough question. For me, Lafreniere is not um, influencing his teammates' play. He's letting himself being influenced by their play, and that's limiting his game a tiny bit. Now, if you look at a prospect. Um, like Quentin Byfield I think for him it's the opposite Byfield is influencing his teammates play and he's affecting them in a sense that he will force them to go to certain areas by throwing passes passes in certain areas and sort of Jedi mind trick them into going into the right areas for me as I mentioned before that's a sign of hockey sense now I see is a very skillful prospect a very intense prospect He, he plays with a lot of energy but there are still concerns with his positioning. There are still cons- concerns with how good his his understanding of the game is at a high pace because, you know, the Q and the NHL are two completely different worlds in terms of pace of play. You can get away with um, reading the game at a slower level in the queue, but as soon as you get to the NHL and you experience that that speed of execution that's required, that's almost instinctual. If it's not instinctual, it's it's extremely rapid in terms of processing um it's a whole different ball game so for me I, I think quentin byfield has exceeded lafreniere in terms of ceiling uh especially seeing them both at the nhl and the way they play but um it's not to say that lafreniere is going to be a bad player um he can still develop well and, and, and end up being the top line player that he was predicted to be i think quentin byfield's certainty is is higher in terms of reaching that potential though um But it's still difficult. There's a lot of games left to to evaluate. They're still both very young, so I'll keep a close eye on them both. Moving on from Horace's question, thank you for submitting that. We've got JD Young um, from the the Lockdown Network who uh, asked me, with goalie prospects on bad teams, for example, Mason Bopit, how much do you balance the stats with the, oh my God, he is facing an onslaught nighting and night out? That's a really, really good question. And this is where advanced stats come into play. Now, unfortunately, advanced stats are not available for most prospect leagues. If you're looking at the CHL, um, you know, they do have some advanced stats, but not the ones that I'm looking for when it comes to netminders. What I'm talking about is goals saved above expected. That gives you a good idea of how good a goaltender is doing compared to the type of shots that he's receiving. Because if your goalie's gonna face 20 slot shots a game. Uh, odds are he's gonna let in five or six of them. If he's average, if he's good, he'll let in a he'll let in a couple, maybe one, maybe zero. If he's exceptional, but if you compare that to a prospect who's playing on a really good team and he's especially defensively and he's facing a shot or two from the slot of game and he's saving both of them, and on paper you see a 930 save percentage, but it's not really indicative of his ability to dominate a game and and you know prevent scoring chances. Um. That's the difference for me. So any league where you're going to have goal saved above above expected, that's how you compare. In the AHL, it is it, it is um, available. There is a lot of online track data that looks at um, goal saved above expected for netminders for the AHL. So that's that's something I will look at in that sense. But outside of that, you just got to watch the games um, and sort of evaluate that and see, you know. Yes, he's getting shelled in, but he couldn't have done better there. His, his left leg is a bit too high there. Um, it takes a good eye to scout netminders. Um, I'm not an expert by any means, but I, I do ask a lot of questions, and I have worked very closely with some goalie pro, some goalie scouts and have begun to understand a bit of um, the, the ins and outs of it, uh, how a player's athleticism can affect his game, whether he plays the puck a lot or not. Um, how quickly he goes down on butterfly, how quickly he gets up from it, recoveries. Um, You got to look at all of the elements, the same as any, any prospect, you know, a player, a prospect, a forward just playing on a good team um, with, with good line mates uh, might get more points than a, a prospect who's better, but playing with, you know, less impressive line mates. But if you look at their games in a vacuum, you start to evaluate the differences between them you know, maybe one is a better shooter, maybe one is a better playmaker, but he's not, you know, getting those opportunities because his teammates make bad plays and ends up all the time in his own zone. Um, another thing I would look at is the team's Corsi. Uh, so Corsi uh, is the amount of shot attempts for versus against. So I look at the amount of Corsi against in terms of shot attempts, and that tells me the amount of, um, of workload that is placed on the netminder. And by using that as a sort of, Equalizing metric, I'm able to see, you know, if your goalie has an 890 save percentage, but his course he is 50 or 60% higher than the other netminder you're scouting, um, then go watch the game. Make sure that he's not receiving uh, dangerous shots, he's not receiving non dangerous shots and letting in muffins from the point. Um, watch a game and see what kind of shots he's receiving. So Corsi is a bit of a um, of an equalizer for me, and it lets me sort of determine whether a, a netminder is getting shelled in or not. Um, I hope that answers your question, JD. Um, I've got a lot to say on goalie prospects and and uh, the the inequalities that come with that, especially in the USHL. The USHL is a very weird league to scout for netminders. Um, so I, I will move on from this question, but I really appreciate you sending it in um now for the last question of this segment sebastian high one of my good friends asks why is luca Pennelli the best prospect in the 2023 class i don't know about the best prospect in the class but he's one of the smartest and i love smarts we'll get to that in just a second uh, in, in more detail but to sum it up luca is among the smartest prospects of this class has a great playmaking touch um I like the way that he scans off the puck. I like the way that he occupies space off the puck. Um, Big fan of Luca Pennelli. And I'm not sure why he's not in most people's first rounds. That's it for Luca Pennelli and the questions uh, that our listeners sent in. I actually have one more, but I thought it deserved its own segment. So we'll get to it right after these messages. All right. So for a final segment of the day, uh, I thought I would bring you um, a question that I thought was really interesting and deserved its own segment. So uh, my my colleague, Ross Levitan, the host of the Locked On Sense podcast, asked me a question that I thought I would break down for you in more detail, just give you a good insight into how I think uh, when I'm scouting. So he asked me, what are the three most important attributes to look for when scouting a young player? So to put it simply, there's one that I always look, like, uh, look for all, all the time whenever uh, I'm scouting any prospect, and that's hockey sense whether you're a netminder, a defenseman or a forward, I like to see the thing that's most important for a player and the thing that's most hard to teach for a player, and that's hockey sense. Um, there are multiple ways that it shows up. That's why I wanted to take its own segment to break it down because I could talk for a long while about this. But there are multiple ways that you can look at hockey sense or identify it. So the first one for skaters, and especially defensemen for me, is area passes. If a player is throwing a lot of passes into space for his teammates to skate into, that already takes some hockey sense to understand and execute on um, because you need to anticipate a lane and throw the puck into that lane um, in advance and and have and, and right just at the right pace so that your teammate can skate into it. That takes a lot of intelligence to be able to pull off regularly. So if I see a lot of area passes in the player's game, that's already a good sign. If I also see a, a lot of versatility in a player's passing, but not sort of absent-minded versatility, like, oh, I'll do a backhand, just to do a backhand. I'm, I'm talking like, I'm going to slip it under this player's stick because I know my teammate's coming in at this angle and it'll be better for him to receive. Um, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play this puck on the backhand, throw it in front of the net because I know that if I throw it on a forehand, the defenseman's stick is in this angle. It's going to stop it. Like if it's thought out, um, in terms of passing versatility, that's something that I really like to look for as well. If you look at Kale McCarr's game, for example, he doesn't throw the same pass to his teammates every time. He varies it in just the right way so that he connects regularly with his teammates, and that's that's beautiful for me. Um, so that's the first thing I look for. The second thing I look for when it comes to hockey sense is scanning. So if a player is scanning a lot, if he's checking his surroundings a lot, making sure that um, he understands what's going around going on around him, if he's making a mental map of his surroundings, and especially if he uses that scanning to read a player's route, not just where they are right now, but where they will be in a second once he's ready to fire that pass, that's really good for me. So for example, if a, if a, a forward's heading towards the boards, um, with his back to the play, he takes one look behind him, and then... Uh, spins around and fires a pass right on the tape hockey sense right there that means that he took in the information um in just a second and knew exactly where the play was headed not where it was right now but where it was headed um just with that one glance and was able to execute based on that anticipation of play after that you look at the player's positioning within his system so if a player's using his positioning in order to benefit play positively. If a player is using his positioning to support his teammates down low on breakouts, for example, I look for that, especially in centers, but a center who's going to swing down low and offer a stick regularly for his teammates. He's not only going to seem smarter, but he's going to make them smarter because they, they know that they can always depend on him to be on in that spot on breakouts so when they have two players on their back and they they finally dig the puck out from the scrum and they have a split second and make a pass they already know their players there so that that to me indicates hockey sense because your your player is lend is sort of lending his understanding of the game and is is presenting himself in such a consistent way that he knows exactly what he's doing for his teammates. He's not doing it for him so that he gets a puck. He's doing it because he knows that his teammates are going to be able to depend on him to be in that spot regularly. So that's another thing I look at. So hockey sense for me is the main one. Then if I'm looking at defensemen, um, skating posture is almost essential for me, a defenseman who struggles to to get his feet going um, and, and accelerate quickly. It's a red flag because if he can't accelerate quickly, um, you're going to have trouble You know, going from pass receptions to forward skating in order to break out efficiently, and you're going to get caught a lot by four checkers. So acceleration for defensemen is really important for me. I'll add one more that I think is really important, and it's uh, pass receptions. Um, A player who receives a pass in motion, a player that doesn't have to slow down or stop to receive a pass, um, is a big green flag for me. So if you're able to... Uh, continue your skating motion through a reception and not slow down at all. Not not drag down the pace of play, but actually accelerate it. Especially players who are able to accelerate out of out of pass receptions. Uh, you look at Kale McCarr, you look at Nikolai Ehlers, you look at players like Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki and uh, Austin Matthews. All of the, especially Mitch Marner, all of the elite skaters, um, they wouldn't be the same players. Even if their skating was the same they wouldn't be the same players if they had to slow down every time they received a puck and I think that's one of the biggest limitations um, to a prospect both on forward e- as a forward and on defense um, when they reach the NHL because the NHL is such a um, you have such a low um, a low threshold for error a low margin for error that just the fact of slowing down from receiving a puck, because pass receptions are one of the most common events in hockey. If you have to slow down every time you receive a pass, you're not going to be able to string together plays at a a good enough pace for the NHL, and you're going to lag behind. You're either going to become a third, fourth-line player at most, or you're going to be just limited to AHL play, Um, or maybe not even make it as pro. It's that important. Pass receptions are essential, being able to accelerate out of pass motions and never slow down to receive a puck is really important. The only player I can really name to you that regularly has problems receiving passes at high speeds and still makes the NHL is a player like David Savard or, um, you know, Jake Muzzin, players like that, whose primary role is to be defensive stalwarts and get the puck out of the zone as, as soon as possible but these aren't the play, the type of players that lead to good analytical results. They're the type of players that you want on your team because they're good leaders, because they block a lot of shots, uh because they'll 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 give you consistency defensively, but they're not the types of players that will generate expected goals, they're not the type of players that are going to generate a lot of scoring chances. So that's those are the three primary things I look at in in, a, in any player is Hockey sense, skating, and pass receptions. If you got all three of those, it doesn't matter what else you've got. You can have a poor shot. You can have a, you can can have below average uh, physicality and stuff like that. I think you can make it in some capacity as long as you skate well, you have really good hockey sense, and uh, you receive passes without slowing down. That's pretty much the foundation of any good player uh, in the NHL. So, Thank you, Ross, for that question. Uh, As I mentioned, I can go on and on about the subject. It's something that really interests me. But um that's it for today we've reached our limit so make sure to like and subscribe if you haven't watched already uh, if you haven't already and uh make sure to follow us on all platforms to keep up with the podcasts as they come out uh you can also follow me on twitter at my handle down below again if you're if you're listening on audio it's Hattie k underscore scouting um i will be posting these kinds of threads where i ask you questions um that i present on the podcast more often just to get you more engaged in the process and make sure that you enjoy your time watching this podcast so this has been Hattie Kalakesh and, and and locked on NHL prospects and I will see you next time